You're now entering a restricted zone. Welcome to Area 52. Welcome back, everyone. The Area 52 podcast, once again. Here it is. Episode <laughs> 29, I believe. All the way to 29. All the way to 29. We're going to be 29 for a few years. That's right. Um, this is uh, this is our first uh, podcast back to the facility um, since the uh, since the election. Uh, there's been a changing we of survived. the guard. We made it. <laughs> um, I think a lot of people have a general sense of what the fuck happened. Uh, but I think we're all going to be fine. As a matter of fact, like I've been looking for signs, you know, signals, things that would let you know that the world was going to be okay. And I think today we may have received maybe the most clearest signal that you could have received that the world is going to be okay and that everything's going to return to normal. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. (laughs) Holy shit. Everybody was so worried. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Is the world going to fall apart? And you know what happened? Eric returned to make everything better. The savior. I'm excited. I had to go run some of my Trump campaign camps. (laughs) Now that it's war, take the house. I can take a break, take a breather. Tell tell everybody where you've been. Yeah. Uh, I got a new job uh, announcing uh, Ragnar races. I don't don't think anybody knows really what those are outside of Utah, except for like They're like long distance. Yeah, they're like uh, cross country uh, relay races. I actually uh, just had a conversation with someone about this. I mean, literally an hour ago, and I was briefed on it, but I'm so excited, Eric. Yeah, so I, I like announce them. So they fly me all over the place. I have one in December in Tampa Bay. And uh, they just fly oh. me out there, and uh, I basically am like the MC for the entire race. It's like 24 hours. So it usually starts at like 9 a.m. on Friday, and then it goes um, all the way through Saturday. Uh, and, and people what do you run do? nonstop. Uh, I do everything. I, I play the music. Uh, I talk about the sponsors. I interview people. I crack jokes. I, <laughs> I announce the teams wow. when they're starting. I announce the teams when they cross the finish lines. Why you? <laughs> like of all the people that could do this like you know what i mean like of all the people that could represent athleticism and humor <laughs> well, like, i actually think because i have a runner's body i look like i never lift in a your trunk yeah <laughs> where is this where is this jogger's body in your crawl is this the like, only one i feel like i'm built like a kenyan and uh yes yeah, so I, I basically like do everything like i'm like a dj and i Oh, Eric, like, yeah. I think it's really cool. And yeah, honestly, I, I really bet that you're great at it. Do the runners, I really do. Do the runners appreciate your Smash Mouth's greatest hit CD <laughs> yeah. as much as you do? Yeah. Somebody wants to me. They're like, why does this guy keep playing Mandy on loop and he's crying? <laughs> Barry Manilow's a great artist. <laughs> Shut up and run. Oh, man. It is, you know what? We're, we, uh, to be 100% honest and sincere, um, we are... So unbelievably happy for you for getting this new job. Yeah, I'm we we know that uh, we've we've missed you a couple episodes, and our listeners have have reflected that. In fact, we've had a few people that have tweeted us or on Facebook said, you know, we. My favorite was we got a hashtag Eric's Life Matters. Eric's yeah. Life Matters. <laughs> those those were fake accounts that I started myself. Yeah. <laughs> those all me the entire all time. You. Yeah. But but actually it's it's awesome to have you back. No, it's it is, really Eric. We really cool, did man. miss you. We really yeah, did. Yeah, we did. And, and you know what? We haven't we, that I came to back be honest on, on a personal level, I'm yes. not gonna lie. I, I did tell Mark that I said it was your specialty after yeah. all, so <laughs> we had to have you in here. There it is. 
But on a personal level, I, I don't remember the last time we've hung out either. You've been so busy and I know. gone and you have a dog and you have a life and yeah. you have a, a, a job. And we really wish and you I, would. Yeah. We miss you. Yeah. I know. I haven't. Yeah, I've been super busy. Yeah, it's been, it's been, but you know what? Even it's good today, to have I had five hours of church meetings today. Well, that's that was, your fault. And I went home. <laughs> that's, not, that's, not, that's not a real thing. That's, that's, that's like going, real. oh my God, I had fucking five hours of weed grinding to do today. You know, like I choose to do these things. That's All true. Right. So it's awesome to have you back. Um, we've had some interesting topics. In fact, while you were gone, we, uh, we talked about, uh, the Clintons. We did an episode mm-hmm. on the Clintons, uh, and their scandals. And then last week we, uh, dissected one of those scandals in depth, uh, the Mina airport scandal. Yeah. Uh, I wish you were here because we talked a lot about, a lot about airplanes and, and airports and there were so many times I wanted to fact pilots, check with you. And, and, uh, it would have been great to find out, uh, ask you how you, how you uh, flew all that cocaine, like yeah. how hiding in my butt. Uh, <laughs> A lot of coke up there. <laughs> Thing is, you have to sniff it out of there. And Pepsi. Yeah, you put a straw into Eric's actual asshole, and it's you know it's fine. Oh. Uh, it'll get you high. It's called um, white powder brown eye. <laughs> <laughs> and just when I was so happy that you were back, and we regret it. Um, but it's really nice to have your input on some of these things. And uh, this week. I think it's especially fitting because we're going to be talking about a serial killer. So that's, <laughs> that's also right in your wheelhouse. That's what I said. I'm, this is Eric's specialty. Yeah, this so. is, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> this guy's hack, by the way. It's almost this like... This a hack. I don't, <laughs> don't respect him. This guy doesn't do it right. Yeah, he's, First I don't of all, they found him. the bodies, yeah. all right? You never find the bodies yeah. with me. You just crush them up and you, you do crush them up and like empty them out of your pot, like your foot, your uh, sleeve, like your pants, like yeah. Andy Dufresne just out there in the yard emptying bones into the sand. Some birds weren't meant to be caged. I can't do impressions, <laughs> but that's my favorite line. What about your Gary? Oh, it's not Gary Goldman. It's yeah. your Christopher Walken. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, Gary Goldman. Goldman. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the best impression that's ever been. <laughs> impressed ever. <laughs> oh. oh my god no oh, i really did miss eric it's been a i really did. i know this is fun we we've uh so it's good to have you back um for this case and uh you know when you we can talk, give us some insight yeah when we talked last <laughs> week uh you know and i knew you were going to be here it was awesome and um there were some interesting shows that aired uh, regarding this this topic there's a bunch of stuff that's aired over the last few years um and uh we had seen this was on the cover of People magazine recently, and so we kind of started looking into it and realized this is a very fascinating case that we didn't know about, so we thought maybe there was a lot of you out there that didn't know about it. And so we kind of wanted to discuss it because it's been a minute since there has been a an active serial killer. I mean, it's, serial killers are mm-hmm. one of these things that are fascinating, and I would love to do an episode. To be honest, you could do an episode on just about every serial killer by themselves. Dahmer's his own episode. Bundy's his own episode. Mm-hmm. Gaines' his own episode. But when you go back and you study these people, um, you know, it's not sensationalizing like, the murders. Oh, in my call list. Yeah. Sarah's <laughs> like, you talk about my boys? <laughs> they're they're my, my favorites. Yeah, yeah. my fave fives. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you choose? Let me hit them up on group text. <laughs> Uh, but when you start talking about these people, you start realizing that um, once they're caught and when you look back over these cases, they're they're interesting. There's patterns. There's things that emerge the way that they would um, choose their victims, the way that they would hide the bodies, what they would do with the bodies. All of all this, all different killers have different M.O.s, ways of killing, the methods, things they do. And 
it's one thing to be able to look back on a case and examine it from the ending. Once you have the killer, once you have a uh, you know somebody who has actually fucked the person you imagine him to be. But sometimes those killers aren't caught. Sometimes they're still going. And just like Bundy, just like Dahmer, just like these people were, just when, when cops were still looking for these people, there are killers, uh, you know, more recently things like the BTK killer, um, people like that. Uh, but it's been a minute since, there, since I've heard of an active serial killer. And there is one. That we know of. That we know of. Yeah, I mean, there's, listen, and you'll find from this case that, that there are people in this world that go missing that aren't looked for. Not everybody is somebody's uh, daughter. Not everybody is somebody's uh, husband or wife. Some of these people are people who have to choose uh, tough professions like prostitutes and drug addicts who, who do things that are desperate and they go missing. And sometimes people just don't care. And uh, today's case is a perfect example of all of this. And we're going to be talking today about the case of the Long Island serial killer, also known as the Gilgal Beach killer or the uh, Craigslist ripper. He had a bunch of he's had a bunch of different monikers over the last few years. Um, Which one do you prefer, Eric? (laughs) Uh, I don't like the Craigslist ripper. I think that's Craigslist Ripley. That's dumb. (laughs) I like the. this is the Long Island one. Okay. The Long. <laughs> we'll stick with that. Yeah. This is this is an interesting story because this either this either started in the mid two thousands or as early as nineteen ninety six. It could have been going on even before that. It might be four murders. It might be ten murders. It might be seventeen murders. It could be multiple killers. It could have incidences that had nothing to do with this that broke the case wide open. And it's a fascinating story. So, what we're and that's gonna... just given based on when they found the bodies and the you know um, if they can connect the bodies that they have found along the same area with um, the same case and possibly the same killer. And there's a lot, and there's a lot to this case, to be honest. But it all started um, on May first of 2010 uh, when a a call girl named Shannon Gilbert. Um, who worked off of Craigslist. She uh, would book her Johns using Craigslist. Um, have you ever used, used the Craigslist, Eric? Uh, yes. I also like... Uh, for killing getting, or for dating? I also like getting me some lot lizards. Some truck stuffs. Truck stuffs. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I've never cares about lot lizards. I've never truthfully been on Craigslist. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like a place to post ads and yeah, people can... It's like a, it's not organized very well, and like the layout sucks. It's really hard to use. Like I don't know why people still use it. I don't know how it's it probably, survived. Well, that's how killer. Probably because it's terrible and it's yeah. it's not easy to track. It seems sloppy. Um, if, if you have a second, though, go read Missed Connections. Those missed? are my favorite. What is that? It'll just be like uh, female for male. I saw you at Smith's today, oh. and I commented on your potato salad. Uh, if you see this, contact me. Oh. It's people like that, and that's all that's it is. Like kind of like me, <laughs> sweetly yeah. sad, or, or like me. Uh, blue shirt, uh, yeah, green hat. Yeah. You red sweater, yeah. reading a book. Yep. We did, was I mistaken when our eyes crossed? Yeah. Call me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Super weird. It's yeah. It's um. That's like kind of cute. I contact them all of them. Hey, I saw you. <laughs> like, really? No, loser, suck it. <laughs> no, I hate potato salad. Yeah. <laughs> Your potato salad is terrible. <laughs> um. So Sniff coke out of my So butt. this is how this is. <laughs> Zero to 60 yeah. right there. <laughs> How were those church meetings? Um, did you talk about this? I think he stayed awake through them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was straw up his own ass the whole time. 
Um, now, so I guess you can book uh, you can book prostitutes on Craigslist, and that's how she would do this. And she got a call from uh, a John that wanted her to go to a place that she had never gone before called Oak Beach, Long Island, which was a private, upscale, rich community about an hour outside of the city. Um, not big, maybe 40, 50 houses in this entire area. Didn't he offer her like twice or three times as much money too? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it was like $1,500. I think her going rate was like six. Well, or this was, the, yeah, this was a, it was, it was going to be a, cause, and she was also guaranteed five hours because it was a long drive out to long, out to this place. Like so, an hour, right, right? Like an hour. Yeah. So, but with traffic and stuff, it might've even yeah. gone, it might've even been long. But, uh, so she got with her driver, a man named Michael Pack. Uh, whom she trusted. Now, previously, she had been driven around by her boyfriend, uh, who had who had taken her. What was his name? Diaz, uh, Alex Diaz. Um, he had driven around, which is an interesting thing. I, I that, that's just a side note. I just go, that. yeah, it's interesting. Like, hold on, I'm going to take you to your to your blowjob yeah. date. Yeah, a lot of yeah. these girls had boyfriends, boyfriends that and would I, drive and that, them, and, and yeah, yeah and I mean, they're thing. like totally fine that they're just. Well, I guess if it's paying the bills and he doesn't have to work because she just made 1500 bucks from blowing an old guy, hey, Xbox mm. 360, I guess. Well, but does he kiss her goodnight? I mean... A gentleman would. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eric would. <laughs> These are just questions I have, all right? Like, it's an interesting, it's an interesting like, I mean, thing. I really I do wonder that sometimes, that way, like so. the level of like... Uh, yeah. You know what? Let's not go well, there. I don't look, care. Point being is that um, she she gets in the car with Michael. They drive out to the house of her John, a man named Joe Brewer. Um, didn't they also say that she left her like purse and cell phone at home? Well, like that she didn't take anything with her. That no, was she did. Another girl. That's, oh, okay. that's some of the, yeah. Okay. That's some of the other things. She and 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 you'll see the similarities. And that's one of the things about these victims is a lot of these these girls had the same thing happen to them, but. We'll 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 kind of lay Shannon's case out so that we can uh, compare it to these other ones, and then I want to kind of get your feelings on how you feel this ties into everything. Um, now, because she was guaranteed five hours, right? Uh, Michael waits in the car. He pulls into the driveway, right? He's in the driveway. He doesn't leave the house or anything, and she goes inside. Michael stays in the car and ends up falling asleep. A few hours later, um, roughly about four thirty-five o'clock in the morning. Uh, he gets a knock on the window of his car and it's Joe Brewer, the John. And he says, Hey, she won't leave. Come get the girl out of my house. I, I, she's acting crazy. So, uh, Michael Pack gets up, right? Goes in the house. And what does he find? He finds Shannon. She's, uh, crouched down behind a couch. If I'm not mistaken, mm -hmm. according to the account. And if I also am not mistaken, was on the phone at that time. With 911. With 911. And he walks in and he sees her in this panic. And again, he he doesn't get a feeling that that Joe Brewer, he just wanted this girl out of his house. Yes. He wanted, he's just, please get her out of my house. And so not knowing if anything had happened, what had happened, he walks in, she's on the phone. When she sees Michael Pack, she says to the cops on the phone, they're trying to kill me. Then she gets up, bolts out of the front door, runs past her driver, the person you're trained well, to- Well, Michael Pack was in the house at the time, I yes, think. Yes, Michael so Pack was in the house. she runs out past, pa past, I mean, leaving them, the vehicle. Past the car, out the front door, and takes off down the street into the night screaming hysterically. Um, um, and to me, like, it's so weird because she's in the house. She's somehow distressed. 
Yet I'm not exactly sure. Like this is what doesn't make sense to me is when you're distressed. What if you if you have a feeling, especially after uh, we know that this is what she said, they're trying to kill me. I don't know why anybody sticks around at a place where they feel like they're trying to be right. killed. Like, I don't know why the, she was refusing to leave a to place leave the house. where she thought she her life was in danger. It seems weird that she was like, I'm not going to leave. Like that part of the story is very weird to me. And we find out later she on, bipolar, too. Right. Yeah, she okay. did have she did have a bite. You know, that's a very good point. Now, we do find out later. Um, that the call that was recorded by 911 mm-hmm. was actually 23 minutes long. Yes. Now, this call's never been released, and we'll get into that more, but the fact is, she was on the phone for 23 minutes. What went on there? Who was in what the background? What I was wanna, said? I mean, I'd what, like to hear more. Some people say that she was very calm in the call. Some people say she was hysterical in the call, but it's never been released, and that's one of the many questions that exists around this case. Now, she um, takes... I'm sorry, and I hate to, like to be kind of somewhat graphic, but I do have a question. Please. So, if she has been in the house for a couple of hours, I think they said that she had a drink with him, right? At yeah. this point, if she's been in there, I mean, would we assume that something had they'd already had sex? Uh, yes, like something sexually had been done. So, like the favor is done, and now it's like he wants her to leave. But I mean, I, I just don't understand like why why, why, why would why you, you do this and then not leave? And like, then why do you run past your driver who's been sleeping in the car the whole time? Now all of this, of course, you're, we're assuming. Now, of course, we're assuming that this is the actual story because we haven't heard the nine one one call. Yeah, we don't know. I Even mean, her family hasn't heard the nine one one call. Per- perhaps Michael Pack was in the house. Perhaps there was more time that was. I done. thought that Michael Pack was in the house. Right, but I'm saying. More than just hey, being asleep, hey, in the wake car. me up okay. and come inside okay. into the house. So we don't know. Anyway, she takes off, and and this is the even the stranger part. She also runs into an old elderly neighbor. I mean, we saw an interview with this guy. If you watch it, this guy's like, eight, he was in his eighties. I mean, he wasn't a cane like, and he's like, what's wrong? And and he, do you need help? And she took off and ran away from him too. Because that's kind of a point to note. I'm guessing he was up because he was a little bit more elderly and they tend to get up early in the mornings. It would have been like you said around right. five, right. maybe five thirty at this point in now. The morning, so he was and, probably up. Yeah, and she was banging on his door and she said and I guess they said that anybody who answered that didn't take her in but said that they were calling the police, she ran from. So it's almost like she wanted to be taken into the home versus like, no, don't just don't just call the police. Mm. Let me come in or I don't know. But so so yeah, and Michael Pack actually, when he drives past the neighbor, the neighbor said, "Hey, I called the cops," and he said to the neighbor, "You shouldn't have done that. You're going to get her in trouble." Which, again, leads to the idea that she was a prostitute. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, but the neighbor it, did see the black SUV trailing her down the street. Right. And if Michael Pack, if he, if he was part of this, this see this is what leads me to believe he's fine. I, that and the fact that both him and Joe Brewer were both questioned by police, both passed polygraphs, both were in, uh, investigated. Neither one of them seemed to have anything to do with it. But he. He didn't, he wasn't acting, like, if he said that to the neighbor, he wasn't acting like, oh, man, God, oh, we're, we're in trouble. He was more like, okay, you shouldn't have, she's, she's clearly, I don't know what's wrong with this girl, uh, you're going to get her in trouble. Like, he didn't seem like he had been part of something nefarious up to that point, mm-hmm. right? So, she goes running uh, off, he eventually loses her, he drives around for a bit, and then figures out, uh, figures that the sun came up, and she'd find her way home. So he heads back to New York. But he did say he looked for her for a little bit. Yep, drives around. And it's not a big community. Um, you know, it's, we kind of, you kind of, if you look at the map, it's kind of one, one way in, you know. Uh, people had reported hearing her scream. They'd received a few phone calls. Uh, one of the interesting things is that I do, I do recall that her call, she had told cops um, that she was actually uh, at a different beach, like, like 
miles up the way. Yeah, she like, had thought she was somewhere else. Um, and sounds she's acting like that that chick in the elevator that went crazy and Elisa ended up in Lam? Like, yeah, yeah and ended up in the the water, water pure, purification yeah. Tank yeah. thing. Yeah, it's it, she. She told cops that she was actually near a place called Jones Beach, um, which isn't really where, close to where she was. And because of this, her call got bounced to the state police, and then the operator tried to figure out where she was, and eventually the phone went dead. So police were taking phone calls about hysterical women in in Gilgal Beach, in in Oak Beach, where the or Oak Beach, where this community was. And she had called and got thought that she was in Jones Beach, so they never connected the two, that she was the hysterical woman that was screaming. Mm. So they weren't, they were sending cops here, they were doing this. Nobody put the cases together. Um, next morning, uh, her, her, her boyfriend, uh, Alex Diaz, says, hey, she wasn't home. He calls the driver, and the driver's like, I can't believe she didn't make it home. How, are, you, are you sure she didn't make it? He's like, yeah, sure, she didn't make it home. And so... He goes, well, I, I did everything I could. You know, Michael's like, I, I covered my bases. I did everything I could. A few days go by, um, and Alex eventually calls uh, Shannon's family. Um, Shannon's uh, mother, Mary Gilbert, her sister, uh, Cherie Sh- Sh- Gilbert. Yeah. Um, they were both uh, very close to her and, and extremely worried. And uh, they called the cops um, after they know she had been missing for a couple days, and the case was opened up. Like I said, they they started at the nine one one call, which was twenty three minutes long, and I don't I don't understand why this has never been released. If there wasn't something that 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 was, was incriminating, incriminating, yeah. then why wouldn't you release this? It seems like the most easy thing the to do. The only thing I can think of is because it's still like an open case. They don't want to put anything out there so that people can be like, oh yeah, I I was the one that was going to kill her. You know, like people that try yeah, to take credit for sure. Stuff. That's the only thing I can think of of why it wouldn't be put out there is that because it's still kind of like considered open that they don't want people well, to but, get I mean, details on there well, would still be there would still be rele- there would still be un- unknown details about the case that yeah. a killer would know that um, you would just go well you just heard the nine one one call I don't know oh I had a point but I it would it would be jumping ahead in the story so I'll wait well to as to why maybe they wouldn't release the nine one one call well we haven't got to the end of Shannon's story okay well. Keep your point. Here's here's basically it. After the investigation was underway, because of the fact that this has all kind of gotten jumbled around and, and nobody had really started looking for her. Um, so after the investigation had gotten underway, uh, Shannon's mom, Mary, received a call from a, a man identifying himself as a guy named Dr. Peter Hackett. Uh, he said in the phone call, allegedly, according to, the, to Mary, that he ran a, a home for wayward girls. And that he had taken Shannon in, and he had treated her, and he had medicated her, and then she had left, and he was calling to make sure that she was okay. That's it. It so, seemed so weird. It seemed now also not legal to just like run something like a that. home for wayward girls, yeah. right? Yeah, it just seems so strange. Like so you would you would go the home in Oak City, like you wouldn't go. I just have one that I run on my out basement. of my basement, right? Well, I have an does, Etsy store. Like what Corey Feldman yeah. does, and what doesn't make sense is like. How did he find her? Like, well, did he have a? St- I didn't. Right. I never like, saw, are you like, saying that you? The, I, 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 I'm the same way. Did you? The, the night she disappeared. See, to me, yeah. like, like, the what only are the odds that he would find this right. girl. And to me, the only possibility that I can think of when I think of this scenario is that there's a chance that his house was one of the houses that she ran to and knocked on the door and asked for help. If, but then it, right. Okay, and again, it's it's really hard not to say things and seem like we're jumping ahead in the story or saying facts that you haven't mentioned. But I mean, if this is at this point true, if this phone call is is correct and he is has 
has done these things, there's a chance that it's because she stopped at his house. Right. Also, this is like a half-ass wayward home because it's like, I take care of you, I take you in. And then I just then, release you? Yeah, I don't make sure. I don't take you home. I just right. help yeah. you. Like so, a, and like also, a it's, in, it's in like this rich-ass like community that... Um, is in Oak City. I mean, like it's not like it's downtown in in the in the burbs and or excuse me in the um, uh, I don't know, like the heart of Brooklyn. I mean, where you would think of I got I'm sounding stereotypical. Right. Sorry, it's, cities, it's, but you know what I mean. Like where no, it would it's, where it's you not, would think to find a home for wayward girls. Everything about the phone call <laughs> yeah. sound is, sounds ridiculous. But yeah, you literally everything about it. So Shannon disappeared on May first, two thousand ten. She receives this phone call a couple weeks later after the investigation had kicked off. And on Mother's Day of 2010, the Gilbert family actually drove to Oak Beach and confronted Peter Hackett. They went to his house Mm -hmm. and said, you know, he was having a party and they went to his house and they said, hey, tell us more about this phone call. And he said, what are you talking about? I never called you. I don't know who you are. I don't, I don't call you. I never called you. I never said that. I don't run a home for wayward. This is ridiculous. This is, a, this is stupid. I never would do that, right? Denies it up and down. Can't, you know. Uh, now, here's the thing about, about Peter Hackett. Now, he was a doctor, a local doctor that lived in Oak Beach. He was, he was known as being kind of the community doctor. So if somebody, if something happened there, if somebody got you know, cut their hand and needed stitches, they would go see Peter Hackett rather than going into the city. Uh, he would prescribe medication, medicine for people in the area. He was I'm kind sure of, he, did. he kind of thought he was a, a big shot. And in this uh, small little community, they did say that it was such a small kind of privileged community that they actually didn't really police the area. Yeah. There it, were we not, policed itself. They, they, they did not, there were no police cars that really Nobody drove through. Like, they didn't patrol, patrol the area. It mm. was quite um, reserved and untouched. And, and, um, Quiet in a uh, in a uh, law enforcement sense. Yeah, and and so you know, police looked into him. They investigated him, and they kind of wrote him off as a busybody, as a as a meddler, a storyteller, a guy who just liked to be involved. He did have that reputation. So now, people start looking for Shannon. They know where you know she disappeared from, and and so they start searching the area. And, uh, kind of months go by. I mean, we're, we're, you know, this happened in May and in December of 2010, uh, as part of a training exercise, some cadaver sniffing dogs were doing, uh, uh, in order to train cadaver dogs, uh, I learned that they, they will train them on open cases. So they'll take them out oh. in the field and they'll train them to sniff bodies. Mm-hmm. And these dogs were out in this heavy, dense brush called Gilgo Beach, which is right uh, along in the area. And um, it runs right behind uh, Oak Be- the Oak Beach residence there. And as they're going through the area, they end up finding a body. It turned out not to be Shannon, actually. It was interesting because over the next three days, the dogs actually found a total of four bodies. All of them, young women, all of them in their 20s, all call girls who had, uh, as they discovered and identified the bodies, worked off Craigslist, all completely intact skeletons laying uh, very precisely all wrapped in burlap bags. And all of the bodies had been strangled. So clearly you look at these four bodies and you go, this is one person. Yeah. Somebody it's a pattern. This yeah. is a pattern. There's no way that the, the random people just happen to bury them. 
the same way. And they way. weren't even buried. They were like mm-hmm. laying out in these burlap bags in this brush. Um, I think they even kind of said that because of the decomposition, it was more like the burlap seemed laid over them. So they assumed that they were burlap sacks. Like yes. they had, you know, it was kind of like the underside had, had to, decomposed that's into a good the earth. Point. Because of dental records and whatnot, they were actually able to identify the four bodies. And they turned out to be Melissa Bartholomew. Uh, she was the first to be found. She was 24 years old, and she went missing July 10th of 2009. Megan Waterman, who was 22 years old, and she went missing June 6th of 2010. Marion Barnes, 25 years old, who went missing in July 9th of 2007. And Amber Costello, who was 27 years old and went missing September 2nd, 2010. The stories of how they disappeared were all very similar. In fact, all of them were were kind of what you were talking about earlier, according to friends or roommates, or boyfriends, or family members who had seen these missing girls last, all of these girls were all lured by a client that they spent a lot of time on the phone with. Um, he was a talker. And when they when they left the final time, just like you had said, all of them were somehow, despite the fact that they were seasoned call girls who, who know better, were somehow convinced to leave the house without their phones, their purses, their IDs, or any personal belongings, and meet their driver down or their person without a driver, not actually Most, a driver, yeah, get picked up not, yeah. by this John by themselves down the street. Like it, it's it's insane to think that you could talk any, you could just talk any prostitute into like, listen, here's what I want you to do: set yourself up to get murdered. By not bringing a phone or ID yeah. or anything. Like, that's the fishiest thing ever. Yeah, and I don't know. This is the thought that I had, actually. My organizational skills took over. If prostitutes, like, actually kept records, it would be, like, so easy to catch these people. Mm. Yeah. Like, think about it, If prostitution was legal. Or like a library the, card. Yeah, and they kept, like, a record. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, who's the last Everybody one to check like them out? Like, in a place like uh, <laughs> Amsterdam. Yeah. Where all the girls have to get checked, all the businesses on the up yeah. and up. They all pay taxes from it. Yeah, and then, like, they would keep a record, and it's like, right. you wouldn't be able to... I also thought it was strange that these prostitutes had, like, some kind of, like, actual family. Like, there were people that were, like, concerned about him. Because well, a lot of times, they're just girls that, like, don't have anybody. Well, and a lot was, of times, there's there's people who are literally, like, street walkers who are out yeah. there to get fixes. And some of some of the, the victims eventually be, turn out to just to be that. But I think some of these girls, and, like, in the case of uh, Shannon, in the case yeah. of Melissa, these girls were girls who had moved from places like Jersey uh, to the big city, because they wanted to be makeup artists or hairstylists. They had big dreams, right? I mean, and Shannon actually, I think, graduated high school like at 15 yeah, or she was 13. Smart... It was like she was very smart. She was very intelligent. I mean, both those girls had. Just because they select a job like this doesn't mean that they're all drug addict yeah. people. Some of these people just literally. I'm like, do you know what it takes to live in New York? It's pro- I mean, think about this. If you, if you have, if you can cut hair for two weeks and make one third of your rent. Or you can go out and, I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I feel bad for the people who get in this position, but if, yeah. you, if, you, if you can go out and jerk off some old guy for $300, yeah. yes, the face that you're making, but still you go, Ugh. that's, some people just see that. And they yeah. can still go home and see their family. They might not tell their family they're doing call girl. They're not, yeah. they're not street walkers or call girls, right? Yeah. But 
even still, even still, that's even to me is even more so because when you're desperate and you're on the street, you might have that mentality that I'll do anything. But when you live at home and you have a boyfriend and you have a house and why are you now? There is true. What you said is true that all of these girls were also lured by big paydays. Yeah. This wasn't a $200 thing. These yeah. was a thousand, yeah. $1,500. Way more than they're used to. Mm-hmm. Right. But still how they walk, how he convinced them to walk out of the house and how anybody let that happen. Unless well, I think, I believe it was, it was Amber. Is that her name? Costello? It don't, is that her name? That's one of the names. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was her that lived with a roommate who was like her friend who also was her driver. Yeah. And he was totally aware that she was taking this, this call. He knew, you know, and it was against his better judgment too. You know, he was like, you need to take your purse. You need to take your phone. Let me drive you. And she insisted um, that he not because he's, that's what she said. That's what the John wants. He, he, he wants this. Do you Um, think that he like hired these girls previous to like build trust? And then he's like, Hey, it's me, Steve, you know, why don't we try something new this time? Hmm, And I'll give you like 20 is normal. Because then if, if they had like, they met him once or twice or whatever Mm -hmm. it was, then they're like, Oh, you know, I've, I've know this guy. That's a really interesting point eric because then he like builds trust because i read yeah. in the i don't get too far but when i read the uh um not characteristics but profile or whatever it said that he was like really educated and like charming or something like that which yeah also i mean they said are, that they did but, speak to him on the i don't know why you're not but i'm yeah. just kidding <laughs> no i they did That's why say they can't catch me <laughs> There's no way that guy's You're getting just anybody too creepy. in the car. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh no, he's he's well, he's flying off the radar. He's, but um, they did say that they had spoken to uh the, that John a lot on the phone. So I, like you're saying, maybe he had called them before. Maybe yeah. he was like, hey, I think you're beautiful. I saw your picture on Craigslist, and didn't ask for anything at first. And then yeah. like you said, maybe he called him again, or maybe they did see him in person. And yeah. um, there's other theories as to why they might have gone with him. But again, too, right? we would be jumping ahead. So I'll wait on that too. But no matter what, these girls set aside their better judgment and walked off into the night and were never seen again until they were found. Uh, so they find these four bodies. Um, and then they uh, decide, because we found the bodies, we need to widen the search. So after, they, after the search widened, once kind of winter had ended, because at that point in December, once they found the bodies, it was it was frozen. They needed to let winter come and go. So by the time next spring came, um, they had uh, they had widened the search. And once they did that, they found um, six more bodies to bring the total of bodies to 10. These bodies were, however, not wrapped in burlap. And instead of just being skeletons, complete skeletons, they were actually dismembered. And some um, of them were actually found a little bit of a distance away and that's kind of the Multiple idea that is points. this yes mm-hmm. yes and uh, not, go, go ahead, ahead. <laughs> you go ahead jinx show me a coke um i i don't know what i was gonna say oh well we'll just continue down the trail yep only one of the only one of the of the further six victims um was ever identified uh jessica taylor uh was 20 years old when she went missing in July of 2003. So now we're all the way back to 2003 when people went missing. Mm -hmm. So this is something that's been going on. Now, Jessica uh, had been partially discovered on July 26th of 2003. Her naked torso, uh, which was missing its head and hands, was found 45 miles east of this Gilgo Beach um, in a place called Manorville, New York. 
Um, on May 9th, 2011, police found her head, hands, and forearm on Gilgo Beach. One of the other Jane Does, uh, went on to be known as Jane Doe number six, had also been partially found in Manorville. You know, so it tied both of those victims you know to both scenes. what's weird to me, though, is that, um, I mean, just when me and my other serial killer buddies are hanging around <laughs> drinking Chardonnay You guys go to like a stuff, convention, right? Yeah, we're talking <laughs> with our cigars and stuff. I thought the way it normally works is like serial killers, like there's an incline in violence and like how crazy they get. Yeah. But this almost seems the opposite. It yeah. seems like the early victims he dismembered and then he's just like, I'm just going to leave them here and cover them. Yeah. Yeah. Which seems like opposite of how it normally works. Yeah. Because normally you would think that it'd be reversed. It's like he just dumped them or and then bold- he just started cutting them up and then like. Or it's bolder. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and that's kind of what my uh, theory was is that someone who leaves something out in the open like that to me is a very uh statement of feeling very safe they yeah. do not feel in any way that, that what they're doing is um in threat of being stopped or found out and it seems like it's yeah extremely bold and just kind of like eh, i can put that right there almost in plain sight because nobody's going to stop me yeah again it all ties into other theories and i'm just waiting to get there because i have so many things to say no but <laughs> i mean they also found on the beach they also found um a couple of other Jane Doe's that were never identified. Uh, they found a toddler who was believed to be tied to Jane Doe number three. Um, and they found an Asian male John Doe who was dressed in woman's clothing and was beaten to death. Um, which to me, that that sounds, because that was the only one that was beaten to death, that somebody was fooled and they got pissed yeah. and they beat the shit out of this guy yeah. and, and dumped him in a, dumped him in the, in their dumping ground. Um, they also or like did the, it as a hate crime. I wonder if that was like the that's first the other one. reason I would look at that. Like that's why he what snapped. He's like, I'm going to get a prostitute. Women don't like me. And then he's just like, oh shoot, I just got a guy. And like that was like the yeah. first victim. Like snapped and he just went around killing prostitutes. But they say that it could have gone on even farther because they also found some legs on Fire Island in 1996 that tied to a skull and some teeth that were found on Gilgo Beach, leading investigators to believe that maybe the killer had been active literally for years or. He's dumping it was over. it was like it was either one killer who kind of changed his mo over the years and grew as a killer and decided to try things different, or it was multiple killers that were using similar areas and had similar victims. Um, and it it also actually tied into another string of crimes. Uh, there was a, a a crime spree called the that was referred to as the Eastbound Strangler. Um, in 2006, the bodies of four women, all escorts, same thing, were found in Atlantic City. And all of the women's bodies were lined up in a very precise way, all lined up east. Facing east. Yeah. And all of them had been strangled as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the bodies were found around seven months before the Gilgo Beach bodies were found. Um, there's an interesting story that goes along with the eastbound strangler. An escort named Pamela Cavelli uh, told police that she was with two other escorts when they met a man who she described as white with greasy hair, uh, she said he had a lot of coke, a lot of money, and uh, took him up to the room. They all started partying, but that she got uncomfortable when he started talking about how much he hated women. Um, and he, would, he called them whores and uh, actually started bragging about how he had been accused of murder. And she got freaked out and busted out. And she left. Um, the two other girls stayed, and those two girls were found dead three days later behind a motel in Atlantic City. Uh, Jeez. So, so in her opinion, she believes that she encountered the Long Island the, killer. Well, she, or, uh, or the, that, the eastbound strangler, whoever yes. that was. Now, 
is it, and that's the question. Is it the same guy or is it just a, another dude who also kills escorts? Because, I mean, let's face it, it's a dangerous, dangerous business. It's a sad thing. A lot of these, like we talked about, don't get looked for. And that's one of the things that, that took on this case is that, you know, around these girls, they were just prostitutes. Well, no, they were lives. And I think that's one of the things that, that um, you know, that, that people overlooked in this. Um, people will point out in the, in the two cases that, you know, the, the Eastbound Strangler picked up his women off the streets rather than using Craigslist. But, I mean, you could argue that over time the internet became more accessible and you yeah. would just change your method because it's easier than driving around and just grabbing a girl off the street. Yeah, it's way safer, too, if they come to you. I mean, okay. pro life pro tip there for anybody listening. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you you should just have a, a Pinterest page called Serial Killer Hacks, and you're just like, hey, put a body in two yeah. pieces. Oh, killing prostitutes. Yeah, that's easy stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, now, so you, people, you know, police investigators, uh, people, family members, they started looking for connections. They started wanting to find out. Okay, so are there any? anything because at this point shannon is still missing right shannon has 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 yet to be found um so people are starting to look for connections was shannon also a member or a a victim of this you know this this craigslist killer this this long island serial killer one of the connections that people said was that um just like uh shannon gilbert's family had received a phone call uh from dr peter hackett Melissa Bartholomew's sister, Amanda, also received phone calls after her sister went missing. Um, eight days after uh, she she went missing, Melissa Bartholomew, victim, uh, went missing, which is about a year and a half earlier uh, than where we are in the timeline, her younger sister started receiving phone calls from a man who would taunt her, ask her if she was a whore, uh, would say explicit things to her of what, she was, what he was going to do to her, and then eventually over the course of these phone calls said that he was the one that killed Melissa and he was going to watch her body rot. And then he hung up and was never heard from again. They would ping these phone calls and trace them, and they were always from city centers, like he would call from Times Square, he would call from somewhere where yeah. there was so many signals going on that you couldn't pinpoint it directly, yeah. and then eventually you just dumped the phone because the phone calls came in from uh, Melissa's phone. So people said, well, okay. Now, while this other person was never said to have been Peter Hackett, calling she did also get taunted phone calls maureen barnes best friend sarah also received a phone call from a blocked number that was a man after maureen had gone missing saying that he knew her and that she was working at a whorehouse in queens so one of the things that police pointed out investigators also pointed out was that this guy used the word whore he it was something that he said a lot whorehouse are you a whore which ties back to possibly this eastbound strangler who also used the word uh, as uh, pamela cavelli had said whore now again that doesn't mean it's the same guy but there's similarities now shannon's family eventually proved through phone records that peter hackett had indeed called their house but again please just clear so him as weird. a bitty body um, so they want, they go to him and they go, but you, here, phone records prove it. And he goes, oh, 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 yeah, I, I may have called. I, yeah, maybe I did. There's actually a video of, I'm pretty sure uh, you remember a, that. Yeah. A lady, like a, I don't know if she's a reporter or a, uh, journalist. I'm not sure what she is, but there's actually a video 
uh, of her at his front door confronting him. And he's standing there just like kind of with his hand up on the door. Like, I mean, exactly like that. Well, 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 maybe I did. And if I, if I did, I, I, oh, I don't know why. Oh, hey, I, people I, make fight. I make so many calls. Yeah, Do he you goes, just, I get calls. I'm like, no. You like, call victims of murder victims yeah. while the girls are missing? But again, police investigated him. They went, I don't know if they did, if they searched his house. I, I never was able to find out how much police investigated him. And when you find out that maybe the cops weren't necessarily trying to investigate this, you go, well, how much was to be Peter Hack yeah. investigated? And then there's also that video of him where I think like someone comes up and like confronts him about, I don't remember what exactly what they ask him. And he like, he like goes, oh, and he like falls to the ground and he's like on the ground and he's, Everybody's like, oh, are you okay? And he's like, it's just my pacemaker. Yeah, he has this and, weird and like, reaction. Yeah, and then like, and they're like, okay, well, let's call a doctor. He goes, no, no, don't, don't call. I am a doctor. Like, such a fucking dipshit. Like, so, so he's don't either call a, a doctor because because he'll tell you I'm not really having a heart attack and I just fake this whole. It's so fake. You guys watch it. Well, it's like a flop in basketball. It's so fake. And from like a wrestling's not that fake. And obviously, there's there's like. Uh, politics involved in everything so if you're a police chief and you're like all right this guy's like a doctor like he went to school he's distinguished you know how much do we want to like ruin this guy's life or day for a girl who decides she want to be a prostitute yeah you know and then so you got to like be careful with that because like this guy has money and he lives in a really distinguished neighborhood are we going to go digging around for a girl who you know sells her body for you know for money so she can pay rent you know and that's I mean, this is another pro tip, but, you know, with the whole prostitute thing, like the cop, they're not like high up on the, the list of people that the police are like worried about finding, you know, they're not right. like children. They're people that are like, all right, you know, we'll get to her when we can. Right. You know, I think there's that whole mentality of people thinking that oftentimes prostitutes don't care about themselves because how could you, how could you, if you let right. yourself do this kind of work? So it's kind of that whole thing. Like, well, if you don't care about yourself, we're not going to, we yeah. don't either. And sadly, that's not. Like I said, that it's not often the case. Yeah, and I gotta imagine that the the other girls. I mean, this is only from what I've seen in Law and Order. You know, when they go and talk to the prostitutes, the prostitutes never want to talk to the cops. No, and so it's like if if no one's gonna help us, what are we gonna do? Yeah, you know? I so think they kind of like, know that it's like the, their own stereotype is yeah. enforced on them as well. Yeah, so it's like a super difficult situation. Yeah. To even start investigating this, because yeah. nobody's gonna want to talk to you. Yeah, it's like oh yeah, I'm her boyfriend, but I'm also kind of her pimp. Like, yeah, and it's like the girls are like, what do you want to hear? What, what do you want to hear? That I, I have sex for money? Like, no, yeah. I want you to investigate this guy who was saying he wanted to kill me. Like, stop asking me obvious yeah. questions. Yeah, like, are you a drug addict? Did you yeah, have drug- no, no yeah. ma'am. They, listen, this is bigger than that. Uh, somebody's going to be yeah. killed. It, you're right. And they, they and, and and too many times, I think these these crimes go, they could be stopped. They could be prevented. Or more mm-hmm. girls don't necessarily need to die. But And, and, and it's sad. Uh, so Shannon's missing. They, they, she, it's been almost, almost two years and they still hadn't found Shannon. So they did one final search really kind of deep, deep into the marsh at now, this point. And, well, this actually, they said that the reasoning for a re, you know, a re investigation of this area or a search was because of something they got on an aerial photo, meaning like a Google map. They did not specify what that was. I wish that they would have because that's what actually sent them back into this marshy area. It was something that they said. It was like an aerial clue that they had. I well, don't know what that is. And they ended up finding her deep in, in, the, in the marsh, her body. 
They first found her. They sh- combed her pants it with like this uh, and her purse, like a swamp zamboni. Yeah, it was like this thing it that would go over the surface, but very but not, lightly yeah. and just like yeah, cool. because it was th- yeah, it was a like really a really cool machine. So yeah. it doesn't it doesn't disturb, it doesn't press things down. It just kind of sits on top of the water and like goes over. And um, they find her 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 purse and her pants and her clothes, and they end up finding her her naked body laying uh, face up. Uh, yes, I mean, down. some I heard reports, both. I heard. yeah, some, they said both. A lot of the, the first report I heard was that she was face up. Yeah. And that, that's the one that, that seemed most predominant, um, lying in the marsh. Now here's the, here's the kicker. All right. And again, it doesn't mean that he did it, but if you stand on Peter Hackett's deck, her purse and her shoes and her, and her, and her pants were all found to the right of his deck and her body was found to the left. In fact, when Mary Gilbert was brought to the town to see to the scene to show for police to show her where the body of Shannon was found. She was brought to Peter Hackett's deck to look out over the crime scene. And what's mm. weird is like we know for a fact, according to his phone call, that he was the last one to see her and nobody did anything. Like, he claims he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and what then, I'm saying is like if like if you no, he, know for a fact, like, OK, well, she was here. We know mm-hmm. it because you said it yourself. Well, but he said it to Mary and he's never said that he said that. Yeah. And the they don't have a recording person, of it or anything like that. And they the, just have the proof on the uh, phone records. And the that saddest thing. Here's this, here's the saddest thing about the whole thing with Mary Gilbert. Mary Gilbert, um, uh, Shannon's mom, uh, was actually killed this year by her other Sarah. daughter, Sarah, who was a schizophrenic. And she had, I guess, called her mom over to her house. And when she got there, she said that she heard, uh, had voices telling her to kill her mom. She ended up uh, stabbing her mom to death. Jeez. And so, I mean, so, which is I mean, such we watched a that, sad, uh, the sad people thing. and people investigates uh, the Long Island serial killer. And Mary is on that and she's giving interviews and everything like that. And then at the end, it's like Mary Gilbert died, you know, in 2000. I'm like, what? So she's not even around anymore. So so the, so now it's Peter Hackett's word against a dead woman. Yeah, I called her, but I didn't say that. What I don't did you say? For I don't girls. remember what I, I just said. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, he said he did it to try to console them. He was trying to help. So. And, um, and there's even the shots of him, like her confronting him with a camera crew. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're saying. So again. And now did, you guys are probably actually pretty confused because you're like, okay, well they found Shannon's body. Why is this by his house? What the hell? But, um, the whole thing that the police said was that this is not a, um, this is not a murder. This is an accidental death. Yeah, they Shannon, said she drowned, right? Yes, they, they well, said she, that she, she had succumbed. succumbed to the elements. I mean, whatever the fuck that means. There wasn't even enough water. I mean, I know you can drown in a puddle of water, but there was not enough water um, for her to... And uh, to me, again, like I can't imagine that something would kill you within a couple of hours. Well, I mean, like I would think someone would be able to... I don't know. It's Look, okay, here's the thing about well, Shannon. Why did you get naked? Well, this is the, the, this is the, the way they describe this. Okay, if you're playing for the idea that sh- this was an accident, that and and this is what's so fascinating is that maybe Shannon, the the idea that maybe Shannon had nothing to do with this. Maybe she just because maybe she was bipolar because she had something we don't know. Nine eleven the nine eleven the nine one one call was never released. We don't know what happened leading up to mm-hmm. her running out into the night, but th- police believe that maybe she ran 
and headed into the marsh, not knowing where she was going. And as she went and mud would and get she in her high jeans, heels and so she, she would take her shoes off and then eventually her, her jeans got muddy. So she took them off because they were weighing her down. I don't know why she would take off all her clothes. That doesn't make a lot of sense, mm -mm. but maybe because maybe if she was bipolar and she was having some sort of episode, which clearly her just running off into the night rather than going with her driver. I, yeah. I also don't know much about bipolar disorder and how severely it can affect your, your decision-making. I mean, is that something that on, can like, well, she was on, I do know that bipolar people um, are not like they're, not good at making decisions. Like that's one of the things they do. Is really? That, yeah. It's like they struggle with like simple things. Oh, okay. But if she was on hmm. medication, like obviously if this guy's getting prostitutes, he's probably got drugs. Like maybe he gave her something that, that like reacted, reacted with her medicine. With really messed just, like, her up. She went crazy. Yeah. So she does maybe some sort of drug yeah. and now, freaks out at this guy's house and he doesn't know what's going on. So she takes off into the night. But I mean, he could still could have just said that. And to me, it's like if he did make the phone call to Mary and say, I have my home for Wayward Girls, I treated her and released her. I don't I'm think talking he'd... about Brewster. I'm talking about the John. Oh, yeah. the John. Okay. Yeah. Well, either way, um, I'm talking about Dr. Hackett. And, and either Hackett, way to right? him, like even if he helped her and gave her medicine, it could have really messed her up. But if he did, I still can't that? imagine that you would turn her loose in the you swamp. Wouldn't. You, you wouldn't. would guide you her would and say, look, okay, I helped you. You're, you're going to be safe. Right. Maybe at least even like call her a taxi. You get her a cab. Maybe you drive her yourself if you really wanted to help. Like you wouldn't turn her loose and go here, find your way home and go through the swamp. Right. Um, now, the only problem with the idea that she had drowned was that Mary did not believe this theory and they took her body and skeleton for separate um, to an independent pathology. Yes. Testing. Mm -hmm. And they, and I don't know if it's your, like your thyroid bone, bone, but yes, um, they said that that was broken and that is consistent with being strangled. Yeah, It's one bone in your neck that when you're pressed, it snaps and that's mm -hmm. how they can tell strangulation yes. on skeletons. Yes. And as far as confirming that it was Shannon's other than DNA evidence, she had a uh, metal plate in her jaw right. from, I don't know if it was the boyfriend that she was with at the time when she went missing or a different one, but he hit her and um, shattered her jaw. So she actually had a titanium jaw. And so they found that and they honestly didn't even really need to, I, I don't, I'm sure that they did DNA did, test yeah. her, but they, once they saw the, the metal jaw, they were like, that's her. Now the thing is, and, and here, here's, here's the, honestly, if I'm playing devil's advocate here, if you're a skinny girl, I mean, she was a, she they was did a say that all of them were about five, five foot under yeah. five, four and like a hundred like pounds. 11. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were teeny yes. tiny little yeah. people and very thin, very, very petite. Right. Cause you'd, right. You'd want to be able to handle them or easily. Like right. you were saying, they're yes. smaller. If she ran into the swamp, right. And she gets, so it's May it's, it's early morning. It's probably not. I don't know. That's the thing is that day was breaking. Right. So say she gets out there, say she um, she gets covered in mud, she gets covered in water. Right. Her body temperature starts lowering as she's going out. She starts taking off her clothes, not realizing it. And hypothermia sets in. So that regulates your body. A lot of people say um, when they dive, you know, when when people get hypothermia, that you start feeling warm because your body, it, it fools you. Mm -hmm. Um that's why I say some people, they just go to sleep and that's why they find them because they just lay down and they, they just go to sleep and they freeze to death. So maybe hypothermia made her think that she was feeling different and she took her clothes off and got covered in water and ended up just laying down. And because her body was, was so her temperature, her core temperature was so low. Maybe she just literally, it just, it just killed her and she just laid down and the sun came out and it started baking her body or whatever. I don't know. The elements are, are, are 
it can do that. I wonder I, what the temperature was. I don't what, know. What was the date? Oh, I bet you could look up like the in an almanac, like what the temperature was that morning and everything like that. Yeah, I'm sure you could. And that in May, be, it probably wasn't freezing. No. no. But it, what would be interesting and to find out. you're also like on the, the beach. I mean, you have a little bit of a different... Um, weather pattern yeah, right. there it's it, not it can the get, same it can as... get a little cold coming yeah. off of there it's it you're right so also um i mean but if you look at the aerial shot maybe i need to do a better job but it's like her clothes were found then it was like a quarter mile from her body um which is believable but it's like i swear another quarter mile and she would have been out of that shit like, right. to it me, looked like, like she to was me, heading towards the, right, the freeway. So the freeway. To me, it doesn't seem Maybe like her someone... body just shut down. I mean, I guess there's... I just to me it seems like people survive a lot longer, like in in harsher conditions. Sure. But I don't know. And sometimes people fall off a stool and they die. So the body is 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 nuts. The the way that our body reacts to things is nuts. So is it possible that but her she bone just... was broke? Let's her just, bone was broke. Let's, let's focus on that. Okay, they and that's another that. and that's another thing that that I, I was just about to say. This was two years after. This event. So clearly there was no way to tell if she had cuts or bruises mm-hmm. or anything on her face. I mean, even if, if she had been beat up, it wouldn't have showed on her bones. No. So, you know, there- and I think most of these girls, you can't test for any kind of um, DNA, male DNA or any, from any kind of no, intercourse no, or anything like that. Because, not that far after. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I don't know. Um, there were... There were there were multiple theories that came out of this, aside from Dr. Hackett. Um, there was... Uh, one guy, and this was kind of an interesting thing. Um, like I said, both Brewer and Michael Pack, so the John and the driver, were both investigated and cleared. And aside from Dr. Hackett, there was also a man named uh, Jim Bissett. Now, um, he was an extremely wealthy man who was known as a local party guy. Like, he was the type of guy who would, you know, bring a bunch of girls in. They'd have big sex parties and girls knew. And some people think that, that perhaps some of these girls were trying to break into the high end escort. That's what Shannon said she wanted to do. She wanted to break into the, uh, higher market. Like senators and stuff. Yes. She, the big paying. Yeah. She really wanted to be up there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a thing. So, you know, she wanted to work her way up in, you know, get a raise, I guess. Um, and a lot of them. (laughs) Now here, here's the things. I, I here's the that. things about. Here's the things about Jim Bissett that people sus- thought maybe this was tied into. He his family owned a, a nursery, which gave him access to burlap bags. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that because the you know that was kind of a tie. Now here's the most interesting thing, is that he committed suicide the day after Shannon Gilbert's body was found. Hmm. Now this is two years later. So they'd found all these other mm-hmm. bodies. They find Shannon's, he kills himself. Hmm. Now, people who will profile serial killers will say serial killers are not usually depressed people who will kill themselves. They don't do that. Um, people will argue that Bissett was a very uh, kind of busy man who couldn't have disappeared throughout his life to kill prostitutes without somebody noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is the theory that perhaps this this whole community would get together and have these kind of... Rich guy sex parties, and that's why nobody like eyes really talks shut. Yeah, the Illuminati shit, and they would, or they just get together and they'd fuck a bunch of prostitutes, and then you know that was their thing, and they would kind of everybody would keep it quiet, and that's one of the reasons why the community didn't really want to have. But at the same time, you go, well, of course your community doesn't want to be known as the community where all the prostitute killings were found. Yeah, they just kind of go. God damn it! Leave me alone. No, I don't know anything about the fucking prostitutes that you found in my backyard. They uh, they interview people and they kind of sound just like that. They're like, we all just want it to just go away. Right. They don't want to hear about it. 
Um, that is a pretty good idea, though, to have your dumping ground be like in a neighborhood that predominantly doesn't have any kind control. of like police activity yeah. because it's like, eh, it's a good neighborhood. And well, the way that the street is set up from the aerial view, they showed that you can you could pretty much drive down there in the middle of the night, pull over to the side of the road, toss a body and take off and nobody would see. That's kind of how it. they think that it happened just because those bodies were found almost like... They weren't like staggered. They were just here and then here and then mm-hmm. like one right out like he had just pulled over and thrown them as far as he could and then gone up done it with another one. Um, I think that theory to me is the most prevalent is that the entire community is in on it and we know that they're not patrolled by police officers. And I think they said that I don't remember if there's an actual gentleman's name, uh, the police officer, but they think Police that, Chief James Burke. Yes, they believe that he is directly involved. And there's a chance that if you were receiving calls from a police officer, you would feel a lot safer. And that would be a reason for you to leave your phone and things like that if you knew you were getting picked up by a police officer. Right, but, why that might pol- be his- but how would a police officer be involved, you might ask? Well, it's not even like James Burke could possibly be involved in prostitution. James Burke, to give you guys a little background on him, uh, see, it, it was interesting. People turned to the cops because there was a there was the, all this uh, lack of transparency. The fact that, again, the 911 calls never been released. They tried not to really help. They kind of deterred and the FBI what? and other investigation, yeah. investigators from looking too much into it. And a lot of people believe uh, that the finger needs to be pointed at police chief James Burke, who was an extremely corrupt cop. And who would even run a prostitution ring out of his house while he was a cop making his way up through the ranks. He had a known prostitute that lived with him that he had had sex with. Like, as a cop, he did this and was still able to move up the ranks and eventually become police chief. He had gotten in trouble at one point after uh, a drug addict broke into his car and stole some shit. And one of the things he had stole was a bag that had a bunch of, like, sex toys and dildos and porn stuff in it. And so they find this kid and they bring him into the station and he takes a crack at Burke and he goes, uh, you know, oh, what are you, what are you, some sort of pervert? And Burke snaps and beats the fuck out of this kid. Like, beat him. Like, to the point where he told other cops to be quiet, um, but they weren't. And uh, eventually he was investigated by the feds. And the feds ended up indicting him uh, on instru- uh, uh, indicting him on obstruction of justice and he's now in 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 jail James Burke is hmm. now I wonder how well cops do in jail probably yeah. not very good yeah pro- I can't imagine uh, he's big, probably you know what he's probably part of a, uh, he's I was gonna say he's probably part of a prostitution ring himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, but if he gets a, if he gets indicted on obstruction of justice, and he'd kept FBI away from things. Maybe how many other times he'd obstructed? How many other times did he stepped in the way of an investigation? Now there's a new police chief, and he has opened full transparency to the case. He's invited the FBI in. They're working on a profile for the killer. Um, what about the 9/11 call? Still not public. See, uh, and I was going to say the only thing I can possibly think of as to their excuse, other than there being uh, police corruption involved and a cover-up, is that they would just say it was an accident. She drowned. We don't think that anything That's in that phone not, call yeah, is, prevalent is prevalent to, to a case. Why uh, helping it find to? a killer. So we're just going to keep it because it's right. you know for the family. So if Shannon's but, if Shannon's not a victim of the killer, then you're right. It's a different case. And it did, matter. did Mary and the family ever hear the nine one one call? 
No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's. How is that possible? I don't know. How can a mother not hear her own daughter's nine one one call? I don't understand that. I don't understand it either. And to be honest, I'm not one hundred percent certain about that. But I just know it's never been made public. Twenty three minutes, man. Twenty three minutes. uh, Yeah. Do you think there's any kind of chance that that she was, you know, killed? And just happened to be dumped there where some serial killer had been dumping bodies for years. <laughs> that it, 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 like, could, they were literally that, just a coincidence. Yeah, like and that coincidence, like like there's a dude right now watching the news, like oh damn, I and mean, I gotta hide him somewhere else. Well, <laughs> you know it's interesting because um, they see police because of the fact that they didn't start the profile till later they haven't really you know the investigation's kind of been ongoing and since since this time so if you if you add up the bodies right you have the initial 10 on the beach you have the possible four in Atlantic City right so what would that be 14 or something like that but um on and this is coming from a uh, from Wikipedia but it says on January 23rd 2013 a woman walking her dog found human remains intentionally buried in a small piece of brush in a sandy area along the shore at the end of Sheep Lane uh, in near Oyster Bay. The remains are believed to be of a woman between the ages of 20 and 30, possibly Asian. She was wearing a 22-carat gold pig pendant, which may be reference to the Asian culture of the year of the pig. This leads some to believe she died at the age of 29. There was tra- trauma caused to her bones. Investigators believe she was buried before Hurricane Sandy. Her case may be connected to the other 10 bodies found 32 miles away around Gilgo Beach. And this is on March 16th, 2013. A 31-year-old woman later identified as Natasha Cho was last seen leaving her home near Alley Pond Park in Queens. Her car was found along Ocean Parkway and some of her clothes and belongings were found in the sand near Gilgo Beach. The following day, she was described as 5 feet 7 inches, 120 pounds with brown eyes, blonde hair. She was last seen wearing a black robe. Police are unsure whether the case is connected to any of the victims of the Long Island serial killer, uh, Gigo's family mentioned that she had a history of problems in which she thought people were following her. To me, neither one of those fit the profile. No. Mm. To me, that's uh, why I think I, we, I think we maybe we talked about this before we even started. But I feel like sometimes cops will just throw in cases with other people to like give closure and like make it seem like their job's done or like they're gaining ground, like yeah, they're actually yeah. doing work on yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, like you see it all the time. Like if you read like Ted Bundy, it's like, oh, he was responsible for these murders, but we think he might have done all these too. Yeah. It's like no, and it's like no, you know? you don't be lazy. Go investigate yeah. the right. murders. Neither one of those sound like um, the same thing. The the one girl sounds like she left her house. Somebody. Somebody got her, and, and they happened to be in the same area. The the other things... Now, let me ask you guys, all right? You've got four burlap bodies. You've got six uh, dismembered bodies, and then you've got four other strangled girls up in Atlantic City. In your opinion, how many killers do we have here? I would say three. You think they're all... They're three different people? Yeah, because to me, it's weird that they... He, like, escalated backwards. Because, like, he cut up the early ones, right. but then he didn't cut up the second ones. And to me, I feel like it, it it's always, like, the opposite. Like, he just, they do it, and then they just dump them, and then it's, like, they get more and more mutilated and weirder. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, the ones in Atlantic City, you said, were cut up, right? They December. were, they were, no, the ones in Atlantic City were found. Oh, those were laying. Those were laying, the ones that were laying eastbound, yeah. and they were just, the bodies were just found. Uh, they weren't covered. And, in fact, they weren't. They weren't. They were found quickly. They weren't found years later. So they, they were not, and they weren't actually even like really trying to be hidden. They no, were they quite were out in the open behind a motel, mm-hmm. right? So and they were, and th- the four that were found initially in the burlap were complete skeletons, and the other pieces were body parts. Now, to me, 
I'm I'm with you. I think that like the four burlap victims and the other victims don't seem to to tie together. I'm I'm with yeah. you. It seems like those were four people where somebody had they 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 cared about the bodies differently. They cared about the victims. They almost were like, you know, I'm going to keep this whole body. I'm not going to cut it up. I'm not going to do anything to it. But the other one, like you said, it seems like there wasn't that care. It was just, I'm going to hack this up. I'm going to drop a head up there. I'm going to drop a piece down there. Well, and you would have to hack it up at a different location. The one, the bodies in the burlaps probably were just thrown there. But you couldn't sit there and just be like, no, all right, here goes their head. And they then, would have cut it up and then dropped an arm here and then yeah. driven up to the Pine Barrens and dropped the torso up there. As far as my theory goes, I let me just say something. It's going to be a little uh, harsh, I guess is the word. But... I think in this instance, because I kind of, unless this is just straight up a serial killer and that's just what it is, I kind of err on the side that this is a community effort and that it's just uh, white men who have no rules. That's kind of my thought. Um, and I do think it's multiple in the sense that I think that if you are already hiring prostitutes, you are already seeking a different sexual level than you are achieving with a standard woman. Let's just be fair. I think that there's a chance that killing someone is another experience. I think it's another thing that you get to say you do. Have you ever killed someone? Have another you ever watched someone power, die? Right. Yes, another drug. You, if you are a rich person who lives above the law, you become bored. In my in in my idea of you, I, I can't imagine that they have much going on. Their life is pretty much planned out. There's nothing to really be afraid of. You're already chasing prostitutes. You're already chasing uh, the high of drugs. I kind of feel like it's this next level of uh, a life experience that they would go, you ever killed somebody? Yeah. And I kind of feel like it's like this group effort that they all decided like they take turns. Like maybe one night this guy hires this girl to kill her. And especially since you started back with Jessica Taylor, and I think you said her body went, was 2003 she went missing. Mm -hmm. She would have been one of the earlier ones, also one of the ones that was dismembered. And in that sense, they kind of, like Eric said, like you guys are saying, they become more intact. They become like, let's just dump them and go. Um, starting out dismembering them, I would almost think that like a doctor would. Um, a doctor who could dismember a body to go, right. how are we going to, okay, guys, listen, okay, we killed these girls. Now, how are we going to take care of them? They start dismembering them. And then I think like down the line, they just realize nothing's happening. Nobody cares. Let's yeah. just dump them. Let's not waste our time. And to me, it seems more like it would be a multiple amount of killers because it's different uh, ways of dudes coming together going, how can we dispose of these bodies? And I think that. Uh, well, I was going to say, you know, the one thing about this whole thing that doesn't make any sense to me, and I'm having this whole argument inside my head, is that I, I don't understand why you just shit where you eat. I don't like if you're this affluent community institutes. It doesn't make any sense to then just throw the prostitutes in your own backyard. Now, I know serial killers have buried people in their yards. I mean, you know, Gacy, his whole yard was filled with bodies. Something That's what they do. They just kill the body and they take him out. But I'm, I'm assuming if you're a community of people that are in on this and you have money and maybe boats and other things, like that's the one part of this that, that kills me is that if, if the killer was in the community and had money and had this and is, is a smart person, I can't imagine why you just dump him in your own backyard. To me, that almost I don't even like, know that it's smart as much as it's just not caught. He's just, just like, like he's just getting away with it. Yeah. And he's just like, it's not being smart. It's just never being tested. It's mm. never being in trouble. It's, yeah. You mm. know what I mean? It's just getting away with murder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The boat's actually a good idea. 
But what, I mean, if you, if you Eric's literally up, live on Eric's the, on yeah. Craigslist right now looking, looking for boats. boats. But and I'm prostitutes. saying, like, if you live on the water there, you probably have a. I don't know. But yeah, I guess that's the that's the thing. I mean, is the if thing you is, you're not going to drive them inland anymore right. because it's more patrolled. So they're going to stay where there's no patrol. That's, that's they're crowded. familiar with okay. the area. Um, yes, the other option is taking them offshore. Right. Um, and but then they wash up shore and maybe I I Unless really think there's a sense of like. Of of pride that they did this. That's why they leave them where they're at. They almost like want to drive past and go. There's there's Amber. There's Jessica. Oh, I just drove past. Yeah. I think it's like this fucked up mental state that these dudes oh, are. I'm, I'm sure. sorry, but like I, you, hey, well, you gotta be there. If you can kill somebody, you can like, you, somebody you're already fucked up. Yeah, right. like yeah. I mean, no, I'm not giving these guys any leeway. That. Like none. Well, it's you know that's the thing about this case is that you look at it and you go, okay, this case was blown wide open. Because of a girl who may not have anything to do with any of these other murders. Now, they say that hyoid bone was cracked. Her body was also found two years later. I'm not saying that an animal couldn't have come by and cracked that bone. May I? Although none of the other bones were damaged. Do we know that? I think that's what they said. All right. Well, I've never seen, I haven't seen the pathology report or anything like that. I just like think that. that's what they said is that most of the other bones were intact. No, anything. yes, no bo broken bones. That one was a standout. Well, it's, it's, it's interesting. And to be honest, we, unless somebody confesses or gets caught for these, I, it's because that's, what's fascinating is that like we catch, ca you know, you catch kill killers, you catch criminals and they go, oh yeah, the, you, the 17 you suspect me of, I got 15 more that you didn't even know were tied. Or to they me. just say that because it, they know it keeps you up at night. Right. So um, in, unless somebody comes out and claims these, let and me ask has, you, when did actually, Burke, was that what his name was? Yeah. Burke. Mm -hmm. When was he put in jail? You know what? Let me find that out while you talk. To they actually yourselves. asked one serial killer who got arrested and convicted if he did those. And he said, no, really? Yeah. What's it? It was the guy we were talking about. They made the Seinfeld. There's a guy, there's an episode of Seinfeld with Joel the, Rifkin. Yeah. And <laughs> he was a serial killer and, uh, they asked him and he's like, no, I didn't do those. Huh? But because he had a very similar, he would, he would actually dismember people. He'd cut Ooh. them up and rip their teeth out and cut their fingers <gasps> off. So you couldn't like identify anything. Uh, and so they asked him, he's like, nah, I didn't do those. And normally serial uh, killers are like, they want to take credit. They want to take credit. So. See, and I, I think that goes along with that whole, um, uh, that mental state I'm talking about. I think dumping bodies in a very obvious place is like you're, you want, even if you're getting away with it on a law enforcement level, I still feel like there's a part of them that publicly wants to be acknowledged for what they're doing. They still want a body to be found. They still want something to be in the news. Cause like, there's still that part of them that wants uh, everyone to be talking about what they're yeah, doing. That, that, yes, that Absolutely. attention. Um, I just was wondering when Burke was put into prison. December and when the, 2015. Okay, and when was the last body found? They were found this year. 2000, or 2013. Is that what it said? 2013? Hold on. I thought that was the last body that was found. Yes. It was the girl with the... Um, the uh, uh, Asian girl with the... the uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that's what I'm kind of interested in, is if there's a chance of this dude being put in prison and, then they and there being a cease in these murders. Well, uh, especially, like, there's there's definitely been a... Unless they just haven't found the newest dumping ground, it has definitely slowed down. It's not like they're finding, you know, six more bodies here and there. Like, this has slowed down since the original 10 bodies that they found. I think they say that there's a possibility that there's, like, seven up to 17 bodies now. But I'm just wondering, because if you're kind of, you're in, your your law enforcement guy that gets you past things, it goes to prison, maybe that kind of put a damper on their whole party. Yeah, they, here's, here's a kind of a layout 
of the street. And I mean, when you look at Gilgo Beach, I mean, you can kind of see where the bodies are dumped that you can kind of just roll up, pull up, and drop the bodies off. Now, it also says the killer is also suspected by some in seven other cases. Uh, Peaches, a woman with a heart-shaped peach tattoo on her left breast, was found in 1997 in Hempstead Lake Park. Cherries, a female with a tattoo of two cherries on her left breast. That's weird. Found on a beach in Mamanek in 2007. And watermelon, a lady with a watermelon <laughs> tattoo on her breast. Tanya Rush, a prostitute who was found in 2008 in a small suitcase in Southern State Parkway in Belmore. Uh, a couple unidentified women. Tasha Jugo from Queens, her body washed up on Gilgo Beach in, Ju- in June 24th, 2013. That seems like a different MO. I mean, to me, like, it doesn't, again, uh, a prostitute being killed, as sad as that sounds, is so cliche. It is like the oldest crime in the book. And so, I mean, to think that there's other prostitute deaths is, and even just for them to be one off is not really that surprising. And maybe other people know about the fact that Gilgo Beach is a good dumping ground because there's no, there's few police or there's, it's not patrolled as often or it's, you know, kind of a um, offset. Yeah. Hey, Hey, you know, a good place to dump a body? Sure. Gilgo. It's a great place. It's hard to say. I mean, this is one of those things where they've either found, like you say, a popular dumping ground, or they've found a serial killer who has changed his MO, or they've found a group of serial killers who are all working together. No matter what, it's a, it's a, it's a strange and fascinating case that all began with Shannon Gilbert losing her shit and running off into the night. Mm-hmm. Think, well, something I just realized is that if Shannon didn't really have like a support system or like anyone who cared about her, she was just like a streetwalker. Nobody would have been looking for her. They wouldn't have found yeah. any of those bodies because no. they wouldn't have cared. Nobody's gonna yeah. go walking through that. That swamp. guy would have driven home that night, and weeks would have went by, and he probably wouldn't have thought it. His yeah. Shannon, he would nothing would have yeah. happened. He was gonna, he wasn't gonna yeah. go report that. Yeah, and and that's true. And how many of these girls do that? How many of these? unknown victims are yeah. still laying out in some beach, some forest, some park, yeah. some landfill, some something somewhere because people didn't care um, enough about them when they were alive yeah. to miss them when they were dead. It's sad. Mm. It's That's really what, sad. Uh, I think Cherie, her, Shannon's sister, her, or, uh, one that was under her said kind of the same thing that said that Shannon always wished that she would be famous. She wanted to be in the spotlight. She wanted those things and she didn't really think that it would translate this way, but had she not um, had this happen to her, all those other girls wouldn't have had their stories brought to light. So you can look at it in that way. And it's probably, it's extremely disheartening, but it's also like the, the brightest side, I guess, to look at it and go, she did die. And, and because she did, um, all those other girls were somewhat brought to justice. Their families could gain some closure in knowing that their remains were found. They weren't just lost anymore. Which is, uh, you know, and that's one of the, that's one of those things is that we've talked a lot about disappearances where there have been people who have just up and literally disappeared mm-hmm. and you spend years having hope. And even these families, they talk about it where they were like, you know, we all, we, y- y- you hope, yeah. even though they're finding bodies, you hope, oh, it's not her body they found. There's hope. Um, and then they get that and there's, there's a sense of closure, even though they might suspect there wasn't really hope. There was kind of still hope. So it's a sad story. Um, and one that I really hope comes to justice at some point. I hope whoever did this, whoever hurt these girls, whether it was one person, whether it was multiple people, whether it was a group of men, uh, whoever hurt these girls, no matter what they chose to do in life, they were still people and their lives still mattered. 
So hopefully this Long Island serial killer, this Craigslist ripper is found and brought to justice, whether it's one man or a group of men, however many people are involved in these deaths, I hope they're brought to justice. You guys have anything you want to say in, in closing today? Uh, nope. Eric, quit nope, killing was... call girls. <laughs> did, yeah, you right. learn a, did you learn what not to do today? Yeah, that's why I watch forensic files every night. <laughs> to find out why. Yeah. To find I don't out. make the same mistakes. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, Danny, you got anything? No, I, I'm just full for the families. Uh, that's a, just a shitty business that someone would feel they have to be in. I mean, you know, there's also ways you could look at it. You go, oh, if a man's willing to pay me for something he could technically get for free, fine, I'll take it. But it is a dangerous uh, situation. So The light bulb over your head just went off, and I I don't want you getting any ideas. But, but I, I feel for the families. <laughs> Rest in peace, guys. It's, yeah, it's it's tough. Um, I don't know. Staff the streets. Yeah, honestly, it's it's a dangerous, dangerous. I'll, I, I'll start a way at home for wayward girls. I'll do it. I'll take care of them. Are you going to fill our house with prostitutes? I think you'll be fine with it. <laughs> well, I don't want. Eric can come over. I don't I know why the the theme song for Cheers, Cheers came over, uh, came into my head. I was like, where everybody knows <laughs> Come on in, girls. <laughs> no, I w- I really wish I could save all the prostitutes though. Let them know they don't need to do that. <laughs> Sasha doesn't want you to save all the prostitutes. Oh, like, okay. leave, leave a couple. Just right. and Sasha was like, nah, maybe not all of them. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, we want to thank little Eric for for coming back to the flock. Taking time I'm out dead. of his killings. So now, <laughs> now when's the next time you're going to be, uh, when's the next time you're, are you going to be here for the next one? Uh, yeah, next weekend isn't Thanksgiving, right? No, no. it's the 20th. Yeah, so I'm here next weekend. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so you're going to be here for the podcast? Yes. Okay, we heard it here first, folks. Yes. We're going to get two in a row. Yes. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I don't know why the ch- the, the theme song for Cheers is still stuck in my head. I don't know why I think. Way I don't know. world today. You, nothing you say... <laughs> You say it makes you seem any less serial killerish. Now, now you're just like, now I'm gonna murder people to the Cheers theme song. Like that's everybody even creepier. Know my name. Yeah. <laughs> everybody, you know where everybody knows your name? The police station. That's where they all know your name. America's Most Wanted. Yeah. Um, it's good to have you back. Uh, this has Thank been you. a this has been an interesting episode to uh, to research uh, to the, to everyone who lost somebody involved in this case. Our hearts go out to you and to you, the killer out there. Hey, I hope they find you. So, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. What if he uh, really was listening? Then, mm-hmm. hey, um, I, none of us fit your MO. Huh? Call in? Yeah, call in. <laughs> so I was like, get an interview. If you're listening, have him call. You know what? We'll try. We're yeah. going to get. Do you realize how many calls we're going to get now? Let's put a Craigslist ad out for me? it. <laughs> Okay, you're in we'll charge be, of Craigslist. Be, what's it okay. called? Missed opportunities. We'll put it in and go. Yeah. Seeking serial killer. We believe yeah. you're the Long Island serial killer. <laughs> you, yeah. a psychopath Strangler. who dismembers yeah. and strangles us. Yeah. Interested group of people. Yeah. <laughs> Connection. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, I don't know if he's gonna call. Maybe he will. We'll find out. I don't know what we're gonna do next time around. We haven't really thought about it yet. He typically likes to call. Also. Yeah. You know what? Maybe he'll call and just taunt yeah. us a little bit. Yeah. All right. 
Well, we can dream and hope. Call you a whore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the phone rang right now. I pee my pants. <laughs> it just rings. We're like, we don't even know the yeah. number. Um, no, it's, uh, you know, that. Yeah, I would love to do an episode where we have people like call in and ask, or, you know, from other places. Do like, we have a phone here, Sasha? Yeah, that phone works. We could take phone. Call her, you're live. Like with they their, call like a landline? Like a phone with a cord? Yeah, but then, doesn't <laughs> okay. it, then it comes in through the board, right? We just hit this and we go, caller, you're on the air. Oh. Yeah, like, uh, have you, you know how radio works? Well, like yeah, how I know how radio call, works. Right, so like but you I can call that from to, my house. Right, and then they call. Kind of win concert yeah, tickets. Yeah, but you could also call from a cell phone or whatever, but then we just hear it through the board. Oh. So we could do that. Oh, so, wait, oh my gosh. Are you hold calling? On. We're getting a caller. Hold on. hold on. We're getting a caller. What do I hit? Phone on? Hey. Hey, are you here? Caller, are you here? Yeah, it's not working. I don't hear Sasha. Yeah. And then... And then you're on? You don't hear me? No, I can't no. hear you. can't no. hear you at all. Look, <laughs> listen, listen, everyone. He Do, just told us to this work, Sasha, or you just like put Christmas lights under this board? <laughs> he just goes home and listens to our recordings. Jean Benet. Jean Benet. Jean Benet. We, you know what, guys? We're gonna get this worked out. We got. Uh, we'll bring some 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 technicians in here. Some of the uh, the government Maybe if we employees got two that cups run. Cups and a string that run the, the run the area fifty two facilities. We'll get them in here and try to figure it out. Thank you so much for joining us on behalf of Danny, on behalf of uh, muted Sasha and creepy Eric, and all the uh, victims and all the victims. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time. Hello? <laughs>